On this episode of Grow With Us, we are in conversation with the Vice President of Health Equity at Juno Medical, Jabron Pasha. We discuss the newly opened Juno Medical facility in the heart of Greenwood, the Juno Medical membership and service model, and the importance of establishing trust in the healthcare system through accessibility. Welcome to Grow With Us, Javon. I'm super excited to have you on this episode. Thanks for thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a really cool um, opportunity to get to know what Juno's doing in town and also just kind of the whole story of, um, you know, bringing healthcare to Black Wall Street, I think is something that um, I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into and, and also to get to know you uh, in a more... Uh, you know, intimate setting, like a podcast recording. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, go ahead and uh, tell us your story in whatever way you feel comfortable. Yeah, I think that's a, a great open-ended question. <laughs> uh, it could go a lot of ways. Um, but I think a couple things that I think are important, especially in the context of, of, of Juno and this work, uh, is that, you know, I feel like I was shaped by where I'm from and who I'm from. Yeah, uh, I'm from Tulsa. Uh, born and raised, you know, I'm a Carver, Booker T kid. Ah, Booker T. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, you you know, that um, that really made an impact on my life. Um, I remember when I um, was in the seventh grade and we had a history uh, lesson on Greenwood and Black Wall Street. I remember that being the first time I ever heard of, of Greenwood. And we went to the library and uh, went through the microfiche and looked at the newspaper from like May 23rd, or sorry, May 31st, June 1st, June 2nd. And we noticed that there was no mention of the actual race massacre in the newspaper. And that struck me even as a seventh grader as how um, folks will really try to erase history. Absolutely. Um, and so looking, you know, looking forward, you know, however many years uh, 30 plus years later um, to have an opportunity to try to rewrite uh, some of Greenwood's history. A small part of it has yeah. been really important. And then the other piece of uh, who, is who who I'm from. I'm from um, a mother who was one of, of 13. Oh my goodness. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Can you imagine, right? 13, she had 12 brothers and sisters, nine girls. There were nine girls and four boys. Wow. And um, I remember noticing that they were dying really young. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, an uncle that died of HIV AIDS, probably the age that around the age that I am now, yeah. um, stroke, heart disease, cancer. And that family that was once la large, um, 13 is now six. Yeah. And that really shaped what I care about um, from a health equity standpoint. Absolutely. And, the questions that I asked were like, why are certain communities less healthy than others? And I could ask that same question about my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, you bring up some amazing points. And um, I think this is something I've shared on the podcast before too, but like when I first learned about Greenwood and like and Black Wall Street and everything that happened, it was at Booker T. It was at a place that was uh, directly impacted uh, historically in terms of like um, the events, the legacy. It, Booker T is a part of the legacy of Black Wall Street. Um, and, you know, I, I really, of course, don't want to shame education and educators too much, but I, I do want to say that it's such a, it's too late. <laughs> 15, yeah. 14, I mean, I, I knew enough to know that it was wrong. Uh, and obviously, like, it was very easy to see kind of what's what the racial dynamics were going on at the time. But I think it's interesting, even like in the 10 years it's been since I learned it, 
um, we this the shift from riot to massacre. Mm-hmm. That kind of context has happened, and um, I, I think that that's a super important context. It, it, it actually, um, I think, paints the narrative a lot um, more reflective of how it actually happened. It wasn't like two aggressive sides, and the like you said, the history, uh, you know, being absent, um, or you know. I would say like a specific perspective being completely absent from that in the newspapers, you know, mm-hmm. the, the biggest information source of the time, um, it, it absolutely allows for these narratives to spin out of control. And so, I mean, that that piece is interesting. I think we'll, we'll definitely touch on kind of the Black Wall Street legacy, um, especially as it aligns to healthcare. And then um, your family. I mean, I, I think that's, thank you for sharing that. It's a, mm-hmm. it's an impactful story and, and, uh, it's your story, and and it's it's your connection to the work, and I think it's so important that we share that with other people. Okay. Why we do what we do, why um, you know the opportunity to live a healthier life is the opportunity you seek to create in your and your work, and the impact you want to make on other families' lives. So it's extremely adm- admirable, and I'll probably continue to admire throughout this conversation. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, well, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, your relationship with Tulsa, you've got Carver and Booker T in your background. You know, I love the Hornets, I'm a Hornet, um, class of 2016. And, um, you know, how has Tulsa been a part of your life and, and kind of how has it changed? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up here, I spent my whole life here. And, you know, to be honest, when I, uh, when I graduated high school, um, I, I left Tulsa, not necessarily expecting to ever move back. Um, you know, I, I didn't recognize that there was a, a lot of innovation going on in the city. I, I didn't recognize um, that young people were moving to the city as opposed to moving away from it. And, yeah. and you know, maybe I didn't recognize it because it wasn't happening, right? <laughs> this was this was all the way back in 2002. Yeah. So... You know, I left, I was gone for, you know, over 10 years, 11 or 12 years. And while I was away, obviously I would come and visit. And I start to notice that there was an energy in Tulsa that was growing. Yeah, um, There was investment in Tulsa that had been absent. Um, young folks were moving back to the city. And, and so in, you know, 2012, 2013, when I had to make a decision what my next step was going to be, it actually was a really easy decision to to decide to come back home. That's awesome. And yeah. and what have you kind of seen in that in that ten years or so since you've been back? Yeah, I mean, at a basic level, just the the development and um, the interest in downtown um, that that has Tulsa feeling more like a um, a small big city yeah. than a than a big small city. Absolutely. Um, and you know, groups like Tulsa Remote that are teaching people who would have never come to visit Tulsa how incredible the city is and people are moving to Tulsa. I take care of patients every day that are new to the city and, and they say, Tulsa wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. Then I had a chance to come visit and 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 they recognize the how special Tulsa is, how it's a hidden gem. I think the the simple truth is not gonna be a hidden gem for much longer, <laughs> yeah. right? So I'm, I'm really glad to be rooted here and yeah. uh, and planted here. Um, you know, to see this unique resurgence on Greenwood, um, I'm I'm there every day, and to see an energy there that hasn't been there for a long time, um, and to have a small role in in joining forces with the folks that are really, really trying to re reinvigorate um, mm-hmm. what Black Wall Street is, um, 
while also recognizing what it was, uh, it's 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 really really special to to have a role in that. Absolutely, and I think that there's so much to say about um, kind of these like intangibles that we're talking about, like the spirit um, or you know this energy that these communities have. It is so easily translated into. I mean, at least I think this inspiration that can really push the community forward, it becomes, it changes from an intangible feeling to like something that you know is happening. You know, it's it's kind of in your, it's in everyone's mind that, you know, we're working towards like the revitalization or the reinvigoration of a community. And I think that's also infectious. I mean, that's the spirit of Greenwood and the spirit of entrepreneurship that has kind of started in this revitalization effort as kind of now become something that's accessible to everyone. But I think what's really important is it has to also stay true to to, to Greenwood and to um, these black entrepreneurs that we are, you know, wanting to uplift. I think that it's really interesting kind of on the national level, like if you look at things like um, venture capital dollars and kind of how all of these um, investment uh, vehicles eventually uh, spend their money, it's, it's kind of the 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 numbers are still bad. <laughs> we have a long way to go when it turn when it comes to like equity in that space. But um, we've seen a little bit of equity go a long way here, and I, I'm really excited to see kind of how that unfolds. And I, I think a lot of that unfolding is kind of a part of the Juno story, and in, in some ways. So I'd really love to kind of jump right into what's going on at Juno and, and talk a little bit more about it. So do you mind kind of sharing with us the story of Juno? Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know, I think important to say that this 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 story started before I was a part of Juno, but um, it's a very interesting story, uh, and it has a lot to do with with who we are as an organization. Um, you know, our our CEO and founder, uh, Dr. Kelly Henson, was uh, doing uh, the hard work as a, re- a resident in surgery and um, working really long hours, and and um, took some time off to get his MBA during, during that um, residency and, and kind of had an epiphany that his impact uh, could be scaled much more significantly if he worked to, to create a healthcare company as opposed to just being a cog in the wheel. And yep. so he, he pivoted and um, did the work to learn about healthcare and the innovation that's happening in healthcare. And, really imagined this company that centered on the modern family, understanding that oftentimes it's the mother who is the quarterback uh, for the family's health care or the chief health officer for the family's <laughs> health care, as he likes to say, and finding ways to make it easier for whoever that chief health officer is to take care of their family. Absolutely. And for Juno, that that meant, um, you know, having some accessible hours, right? The whole, you know, nine to five uh, healthcare hours just doesn't work for most folks who work, yeah. right? So they have to take time off. They they have to figure out someone to watch the kids. Well, if you have hours that are more accessible, you know, open till nine o'clock in many instances, weekend hours in many instances, that makes it easier for folks to prioritize their health. Absolutely. Right? Having um, healthcare teams that better mirror the populations that they take care of. Yeah. Right? We know from lots of research that a diverse, and I mean diverse in every sense of the word, a diverse healthcare team uh, takes better care, literally has better outcomes when taking care of diverse patients. And so that's a big part of, of who Juno is. Um, Juno really got 
off the ground in March of 2020. And so they became a, a hub of safety uh, for for Harlem um, during the pandemic. And yeah. we all know how rough things were up in New York. Absolutely. But they established themselves as as being um, a, a now a pillar in that community and, and other communities wanted to be a part of that. So it expanded to Brooklyn. We opened in Atlanta uh, this past spring. Uh, and now we're here in Tulsa um, with, I think, even a more unique uh, opportunity than some of our other markets. But the other locations have such an important, um, you know, history to, to where you were and, and how the company started. I, I'm going to dive first into kind of just macro and talk about healthcare. Yeah. Um, I mean, healthcare is such an, it's a privilege. Um, and I don't know what's going I don't know how we decided that that was how it was going to be in America. Um but, you know, I really love to hear that there are people out there thinking innovatively about, you know, creating accessible health care. Yeah. Um, it really feels like a necessity and a, a bare necessity at, that, at this point. And, you know, meeting people where they're at is the easiest. It's the easiest strategy to it's the, I would say it's like the easiest way to meet those people and to fill those needs. Because like you said, that nine to five, like, I don't know how I don't know. I'm supposed to take off work to go, to go get a uh, just to meet my doctor, it it makes it it really makes it a barrier. It creates a, an unnecessary barrier, um, and then especially for like you said for the modern family, where you know that is multiple schedules being juggled at one time. You know, kids got this, but they've also got a game at six. So you know, they've got it. It just becomes really in a society where we also expect women to work. If women are the primary caretakers, it becomes an impossible task. So. Uh, this is a shout out to every woman out there, every mother. Um, we we applaud you, and uh, it is it is no it is no joke or no game. Um, but I really just love that. That's kind of how the the framework is 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 thinking about the people that are essentially delivering the healthcare to the people that they care about and in, in their family unit. You know, obviously also centering themselves and and creating an opportunity for you know primary caretakers in the homes to be seen with the same convenience and the same care team that treats the people they care about. I think that that's an interesting part of the model too. Um, and then lastly, I, I, I kind of, I think you guys have expanded in some really uh, targeted uh, geographies, you know, Harlem being, uh, I would say a predominantly black and, and uh, Latino like serving community. And then also Atlanta having like a huge black population. I, I think it's no, it's no mistake that you guys opened up in places where your impact would be great and um, and serving the populations that are typically underserved in, in healthcare. And, um, you know, this is a, this is a little bit of a weird pivot, but um, one of my first years in college, I learned about uh, the Tuskegee experiment that happened. And, you know, it was such an interesting, um, interesting and tragic and, um, God, it just makes you hate. It makes you hate so many things. Um, but you know, it, it it actually informed me so much about uh, I would say like the black community's response to COVID um, and and mistrust of like American healthcare systems. And you know, for absolutely valid reasons. For absolutely like we aren't going to get done wrong twice in this way. Um, and it's it's so bizarre to think that there's this history, this this ugly history of um, you know folks of color being exploited uh, medically. 
And so I, I think that this opportunity to be a community that represents the, that is made up of community members, black folks, uh, people of color in the medical profession in the medical professions, like serving their community, it, it's allowing for the levy to break a little bit and, and reestablishing that trust. Um, but it's, it's going to be a long fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, um, when we have conversations in healthcare about the mistrust that exists, uh, exists in the, in, in many communities, communities of color, um, Absolutely. um, the first thing you have to do is, is, is do what you just did and is and acknowledge that there is lots of good reasons for this mistrust. Yeah. It's earned mistrust. Earned mistrust. Um, and it's on us as us, meaning us in healthcare to try to foster trust. And I wouldn't yeah. even say regain trust because trust was never there. Yeah. Right? We know that healthcare um, is not for, it was not built for marginalized people. Yeah. It wasn't built for folks of color. It wasn't built for LGBTQ plus folks. It wasn't built for uh, for poor folks. And so it's a square peg, round hole sort of thing, right? Yeah. And we've got to we've got to change things on our end and not expect other communities to adapt to to healthcare. And that's that's essentially um, what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Which. Again, I I love I love that I love the I have such admiration for the mission and and um, the work that's going to be done. It's it's kind of like whittling away at the mistrust, uh, the earned mistrust, like you're saying. Like it is not going to happen. One breakthrough isn't going to change the whole system. I think we've known that, and there's countless examples. But um, you know, earning that trust one by one, and and earning that, um, I think also just like people get to choose who provides them healthcare. And I, I guess that is also the trust, but where are people going to put their money? If they, if money is, if we are going to run this whole healthcare system off of, you know, money and capitalism, and, and it's got to be something where everyone's fairly compensated on the delivery side, like that choice matters. And, you know, that choice matters for every single family, especially when it comes down to how many people are being served. So um, it's really interesting. I, I think there's, there's so many facets to discuss here. Um, one thing I specifically want to go back to is this location piece because I think that um, I'm I was at your opening uh, for the Tulsa location, and it really it was it was really magical. Honestly, I I, I remember reflecting. I, I showed up alone, <laughs> which is uh, something that happens with me a lot. You know, nothing wrong with you, that. You got to just show up. Yeah. And um, I think it was really impactful to kind of experience what the energy was like. It was a, it was essentially a block party with an open door into the uh, into the clinic, and wow, you guys have built an, a beautiful clinic in there. Um, and I, I'm just upon my like reflection of the event and everything, like the 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 impact that this is going to have and the impact that it's already have is like I think palpable. Um, and I think just for some context for listeners and viewers, like specifically um i would say and you might you might frame this differently but for me where juno is located right now is where ever since i've been a tolson which you know almost 15 years now um it is absolutely in the heart of where modern greenwood is um you know historically greenwood is way way broader way more expansive i mean where we're at right now in this studio would, I think, be considered Greenwood, um, you know, 100 years ago, back 
back then, but um, it's in the heart of where it's right next to Greenwood Rising. It's just approximated in yeah. such an amazing location. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love for you to kind of tell me about the thought behind that yeah. and, and the impact. Yeah, you know, um, oftentimes we I get questions, being from Tulsa, being familiar with, with Greenwood, um, I get questions about, you know, why Greenwood? And my answer is it had to be Greenwood. Yeah. It had to be Greenwood. I cannot imagine any other location um, that could provide all the things that we're providing, right? It goes beyond just the, the brick and mortar, right? It's the, 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 the energy of Greenwood, um, the essence of Greenwood, the historical significance. It had to be Greenwood. Yeah. And we're, you're right, we're, we're in the heart of Greenwood. We have a healthcare center that uh, is somewhere adjacent to where Dr. A.C. Jackson uh, was Greenwood's physician, you know, over 100 years ago. Um, unfortunately, he was killed in the race massacre. But to know that healthcare has not been a part of Greenwood's story for 50 plus um, years, it, it needed to be Greenwood. And to be completely honest, I don't know if it was a. It would have been a. As much as I love the mission, for me to take this job, I think it had to be Greenwood for me too. Yeah, um, it's a special place. It's uh to be able to walk uh, around and down Greenwood every day and talk to people. They needed this. Yeah, they needed this. And you saw at the at our opening, which absolutely was a block party, how excited the community was, how um, people came from all over uh, to Greenwood. And I think that's important because we've talked a lot about this being designed for this community. I think one thing to keep in mind is that if you design healthcare for those who healthcare has overlooked forever, then you can take care of everyone. Yeah, And we've seen that. You know, I can, most days I can walk into our space and see someone I recognize as, you know, a C-suiter sitting next to someone who um, is on, you know, Sooner Care. uh, And they all know that they're getting the best care possible. And so it really has to work that way. You can't uh, design healthcare for the top 1% and expect it to work for everyone. But you can design healthcare for literally for everyone and marginalized groups and expect it to work for everyone. Yeah, I think that like, that's such an important point because I think that, there's some people that already, and I guess I would say myself, um, and and not not to overgeneralize, but for for me, I think that you know, based on like my socioeconomic status, or like based on like you know what I've heard, um, or how I've heard LGBT folks are like treated in medical, there are certain things that I like self-select myself out of when it comes to like divulging information in, in like a, a medical setting. You know, I'm like scared of stigma for um, maybe speaking about like the way that I, you know, it, it's just it just creates like these unsafe scenarios where you're not able to divulge um, your full medical history or your full um, like, yeah, yeah, your full medical history in order to receive the best care possible because there has you've you've heard everyone's heard the horror stories you know someone has shared an instance where they were invalidated for their mm-hmm. concern and then worst case scenario happened and i i hate that that has happened countless times over again that it creates a conditioning for all of us yeah. to think that we deserve less than or think that that's the quality of care we're going to get because 
that's the quality of care we can vouch for. Um, and so I, I, I like that there's an element of this equity piece that you're talking about where um, it's going to empower folks to, I think, want more for themselves and, and be able to ask for that, um, to be with trusted providers, to be with um, folks that you're in community with. I, I think that's an important point you talked about too, like, you know, being um, in a space where you might know the person that is, you know, giving, know them like more than just in their professional yeah. uh, sense of, in, in their professional self. So, excuse me, there's, there's so many things that are, are so important um, in this conversation. I, and I think you touched exactly on like the, the Greenwood piece, like, I think it would have had to be Greenwood for me too, in terms of like the mission and the location. It has to be that big impact. It has to be that um, righting of wrongs when we have the opportunity to do so. We have the backing, we have the the tech, we have the people. Um, that combination of forces is so strong. And so it has to be that concerted effort. Let's talk a little bit about kind of like how Juno works um, in terms of like receiving healthcare, And I, I think um, another thing that I'd love to d- kind of dive into, too, is this partnership with Tulsa Remote, which I find really fascinating, yeah. too. So uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit about both of those. Yeah, yeah. So I think what what is unique about Juno is that um, we really modernize healthcare, but not to the point where it feels cold, mm-hmm. right? Um, healthcare really has to adapt with the times, and and for us that 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 modernization means m- making it really really easy to make an appointment. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't have to call and wait on you know on the phone for for minutes to to make an appointment. You literally can hop on Juno.care, pick the clinic you need to go to, look at all the providers, read about them. Pick which one you think you may feel most comfortable with and then look at their calendar and pick a time. Uh, and that time may be two hours later. Right. Yeah. We, we're pretty good about getting folks in, um, you know, the way we communicate um, with our patients is really unique. Well, we have a portal where you, you can hop on there and, and send me a question and. If it's not something that I need to have you come to the office for, you don't need to come to the office. I'll answer it right there, right? You can send prescription refill requests all through this portal. And so it just streamlines this process, um, that whole headache of just navigating um, healthcare, I think is reduced quite a bit. Um, And we have, I think one of our biggest, uh, you know, secrets is the same day care clinic. Um, which which we equate to urgent care. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional urgent care, uh, you don't feel well, you drive to the nearest urgent care, you're in a lobby full of people, and you don't know how long it's going to take. It may be 30 minutes, it may be three hours, and it's just a mess, Yeah. right? Well, in same-day care with Juno, you hop on and you make an appointment just like you would with your primary care, and, and we can get you in that same day. So, hey, it's eight in the morning. You hop on. Hey, I want to be seen at 10 o'clock. You grab, grab a 10 o'clock appointment and you come in a few minutes before, ideally. You're seen at 10. You're out of there by 1030 and you go on and about your day and, and spend the rest of your day at home if you need to. Yeah. Right. So that that convenience, I think, um, brings a lot. Um, we also have kind of a spectrum of payments that we that we take. Um, we have patients who are self-pay. Uh, and we adjust our prices uh, to accommodate for that, right? Because mm-hmm. healthcare can be really expensive. Uh, we have patients who are on Medicaid. We have patients who are on commercial insurance, and we take 
um, almost all of the the big commercial insurances. We even have some membership models, and and um, this is where our partnership with Tulsa Remote uh, came into play. We have a Juno membership that we call is kind of like a basic membership. It's you know somewhere between fifteen to twenty dollars a month. Um, folks can get free virtual care. That's the other thing that that makes us unique. Yeah. Um, you don't always have to come into the building to be seen, right? And so folks can have a virtual visit. They can see their doctor's face. Their doctor can see their face and they can talk about their issues. And so with these memberships, that's allowing us to really broaden our, our reach. We can take care of folks who are outside of Tulsa as well because they can use the virtual platform. Um, Tulsa Remote has been a wonderful partner. Um, they are really valuing the health and wellness of the new Tulsans that they're bringing into the city. And one way that they want to do that is to make sure they have access to high quality health care. And so Tulsa Remote was amazing enough to say, hey, um, Juno, what can we put together to to guarantee that the new folks that we're bringing have that? Uh, and for us, that was, we have this membership. Um, maybe we can partner there. And so Tulsa Remote is covering um, the monthly Juno membership for all of the new Tulsa Remoters that are coming into Tulsa, which may be up to a thousand. Yeah. And they're starting to come through the clinic and they have... Um, this this membership that allows them free virtual care. It gives them a few other perks. Uh, and so that has been wonderful to meet all these new Tulsans. Uh, but the good thing is that that membership is available to everyone. Yeah. Um, so whether you're a new Tulsan or you, you're born and raised in Tulsa like I am, um, you have access to this membership. But I think what is even more important to mention is that the care that someone receives has nothing to do with it if they have a membership or not. Yeah, uh, member or not, you're going to get the the best the best care available from uh, amazing clinicians, and we have wonderful ones. Uh, we can take care of adults, we can take care of kids, uh, we can take care of older adults, we can do women's health things, we can do urgent uh, care needs as well. Yeah, yeah. The the spectrum of uh, service provide, providing is really important because I think that's something that I've come across and like navigating the um, like modern medical field is like I you need to have a primary care but anything beyond like I don't know your primary care can see for quite, quite a bit of things but like if you need any type of specialty then you end up talking to like four or five other people and it's like but I don't know you guys yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I've never met you it's it's such an, a bizarre experience because you're like just being triaged out triaged yeah. out triaged out and um I don't know, like I've never sat in a conversation with like my primary care and whoever I was triaged out with. It's like, is there any communication going on here? I don't know because, and then I start to tell the story differently and I'm, because it's affecting me differently as the time goes on. It's so, it's it's really bizarre, but um, I, I love I love talking about this, the model and um, the accessibility of the model. Um, I find it extremely fascinating and um like very empowering. So I really hope that um, if you're listening or watching like um, and you're in Tulsa or not in Tulsa, have access to a Juno uh, facility, like please check out um, their their services and see if it's something that would work for you. I, I really um, think that they're doing something to, uh, to change how we navigate uh, the healthcare system in this country and um, for the better. And uh, yeah, please check it out. And I think the, I think it's a really important thing you touched on with the Tulsa remote part is like, there is an organization that is like valuing the health and wellness of new people. It's it's not just about come to Tulsa and here's your ten thousand dollars. It's come to Tulsa and we want you to experience life 
differently. We want you to experience, you know, what accessible healthcare is like. You know, I know that that's always anytime you move to a big city or a new city, you got to change providers because if I were to go somewhere else, I'd have to get a new PCP. And that is something that I, I've actually heard from so many adults that like they just like never take on that task. <laughs> yeah, this, if there's a you know just one too many barriers, uh, everyone has that additional barrier to where they would say, you know what, it's just not worth it. Yeah, and we want to remove as many of those barriers as possible. Absolutely, which is amazing. Um, let's kind of we'll round out this discussion a little bit um, with kind of you know what has the response been to. To Juno here in Tulsa, how have you seen the community react? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, I've 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 had numerous conversations, and I know my colleagues have as well, where patients say, "No one has ever asked me that." Yeah. You know, thank you for for asking that question. We have so much positive feedback on how warm and welcoming our whole team is. And that has to be from the beginning, right? The first Absolutely. person you see uh, is the first impression you have about a place, right? And so um, from our receptionist to our back office to our clinicians, we've just got incredible feedback about our kindness uh, and our openness and how well we listen. Um, that feedback has been incredible. Um, one thing that I also hear almost daily is that this is the most beautiful clinic I've ever been in. <laughs> and I've been in healthcare for a long time and it is the most beautiful healthcare space that I've ever been in. And I get yeah. to work there. Um, and so, you know, we've designed this clinic to not feel like a, a clinic. Yeah. You look at a picture, you say, is this an art gallery or is this uh, is this a healthcare center? Right. Mm -hmm. um, that has been really good feedback. And we, we want the folks of Greenwood, we want the folks who come from wherever to get care to feel like they deserve that kind of high quality facility. Uh, and we need that to mirror the high quality care that folks are for, are getting. And I've had so many people say, hey, I just never had a doctor. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that feedback has been amazing. I've had many people who have come in to see me or my colleague, Dr. Upton, and say, I've never had a black doctor. Right. And so the feedback has, I think, reaffirmed our need. Uh, it has reaffirmed that it had to be Greenwood. Yeah. It has reaffirmed that uh, this is going to be a really successful um, organization and that we have a model um, that can um, not only work here, because if it can work here in Tulsa with our history, mm -hmm. um, it can work anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really, I really appreciate uh, hearing that feedback. And I think it's so important to talk about like, you know, never having a black doctor or never having a doctor, those, those, that's the breakthrough, like for so many things. Um, and that's the, that's the health equity that I, I, I love to see happening. And I, I love to know is happening just down the street. Um, it makes me so happy to live here and so happy to be a part of a community that is trying to address these, uh, the inequity and, and, and meet it with actual equity instead of these band-aids or, you know, this roundabout way of, you know, making it feel like it's something, but it's actually something else. I mean, it, it feels it feels real and genuine, um, especially hearing your story. And then also um, those sentiments are, are not coming from nowhere. They're coming from real people having these experiences that are novel and unique and impactful to their lives. And um, that's amazing. It's, it's kind of how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it has been this has been an amazing conversation, Jaron. I really appreciate you being on here and, and telling me 
um, and all of our listeners kind of about what's what's going on with Juno and what's going on in Greenwood. Um, is there anything else you'd like to to bring up to our listeners or ways to um, either get in touch with Juno and anything? Yeah, for sure. I just want you all to to know where we are. We we are directly south of Greenwood Rising. Um, our our address is twenty one North Greenwood. You can't miss us. Um, our um, website that I, I absolutely think is worth checking out is Juno.care. Um, you can learn about our our mission. You can read about our leadership. You can read about all of our clinicians, and you can make an appointment. Uh, we'd love to um, love to take care of you. And if you're in the neighborhood, just pop in uh, and, and take a look and see how welcomed you feel. And 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 if you feel comfortable, we'd we'd love to to take care of you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow With Us. Grow With Us is supported by Intulsa Initiatives. If you are interested in learning more about Intulsa services for job placement and workforce development, please visit talent.intulsa.com. From there, you can join our talent network where you will get access to our newsletter and our talent team will make sure you put the right opportunities on your radar. We put the choice to pursue a new career and opportunities in your hands. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. It really helps. Grow With Us is edited and engineered by Rant9 Productions and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us. Grow With Us.